When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. We continue to state and believe firmly that the most important thing you do in your life with money, well, short of just living life, is saving it and investing it for that time you are no longer able to work and support yourself. Now, back in the olden days, people didn't retire. They just worked and died. Well, that changed in the 20th century and continues to change in the 21st as we live longer and longer. And there's a period when we eventually say, "Eh, I'm going to hang it up and uh, live off of Social Security and my investments. But a lot of people worry, how am I going to get to where I need to get to enjoy a a decent retirement? Because I know Social Security isn't going to do it. I just know it. I can't live on $2,000 a month or $2,500. I can't do it. Not in Seattle or wherever expensive I live. But I only have a part-time job because of a, of a disability or a family member you need to take care of. Or I'm over 50 and I didn't save. I'm just too far along. I'll, I'll never make it. Well, the reality is you have to find a way. And there are ways to do it. Now, we're not going to tell you they're necessarily easy or pleasant, but it can be done. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating that Gen X, which I I think they're like ages 50 to 59. That's what I read. Anyway. uh, I don't know. I don't either. But I mean, these are people that are, you know, striking range of retirement, right? I mean, that's getting pretty close. They believe that uh, they expect to retire at age 67. That's the average. but. The average retirement age for people, and this surprised me too, is somewhere between 61 and 62, which means you and I should have been out the door a long time ago, Uh, but we're going to hang in there. The other bad news about Gen X is they haven't saved much. The average 401k or savings for retirement household household saving, $40,000, $40,000. That's not going to be enough to, well, you mentioned just trying to make this on your own with Social Security, which it was never intended to do either, by the way. It was never intended as the resource for all retirement. So, And what are the problems that Gen X faces? Not unlike a lot of the problems that that us baby boomers faced, right? Sort of paying for all the things you got to pay for uh, while your kids are growing up, while you're taking care of not just your kids, maybe in sometimes cases, your parents, parents, yeah, all dogs, kind of things. cats, it's, it's, it's all the stuff that kind of grow, for us. By the way, in the last week, it's been the refrigerator and the oven in one week. Um, oh, I got you beat! <laughs> don't you always? I so, got you beat. I mean, we had a water heater, and then it turns out it leaked under the walls. Oh God! And now the wood floor has to be replaced to the tune of, or not all of it, just repaired, repaired. To the tune of forty eight hundred dollars. They sand it down. They're going to take out some boards. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's bad. Um, so, Gen Xers, it says in this Quit article, whining. 
have a hard time saying no to their kids. Now, I think I had the same well, baby I mean, boomers too. I, too. I was thinking, well, <laughs> that's nothing new. Um, but okay, but that's one part. And then the other part that, that we read about regularly is the the challenges for people that are working part time and trying to save for retirement, right? There's a lot of them. It's it's really surprising the number of people that are sort of getting by. Uh, they're working part time and they've got to um, save something. Almost 70 percent of the part time workers are women who have a harder time saving because they get in the workplace, they get out of the workplace. Right. Um, and and out of those, only 33 percent say they're putting a lot of thought into all this. They're not spending time thinking about it. they got others are they're helping others they're taking care of. What do you do about all this? This is a fascinating topic to me because our job, as you said at the the open, is exactly right. We want to help you save something. We want to help you invest something. We want you to get to the place where you can believe, hopefully correctly, that you have enough to retire and create this other income. So um, there's a couple of things I thought of, Don, when this comes up. Number one, and I will touch on this at Retire Meet, is the spend. Right. Most people. That's one of the that. painful things. It is. You said painful. Because it's absolutely it, right. You, the trick is spend less. I know. And it's hard. And, but here's here's a starting point. And we touched on this before. There's a couple of places I think people can look at that uh, that they don't. Number one is these doggone monthly subscriptions. Disney Plus, Sirius XM Radio, YouTube Music, I, which I didn't even know was a thing. Uh, Jim it isn't a thing. It isn't a All thing. Right. It's Apple Music and, and Amazon are the big ones. But. Yeah, I mean, Costco membership. I mean, these things all Spotify, I forgot Spotify. To forget them. But yeah. I have said, we. I think we said it sometimes. We did a show on this. We did where, it where we talked about some of the year. tools you could yeah, use. Yeah, there's tools. There's a thing called a spreadsheet. So as, as you get one on your credit card bill, you put it in there, you start to figure out all the ones you've got. And then you figure out how to get rid of some of them. I mean, they're huge. It adds up. Yeah, but that's a challenge because I found some of mine and- I can't even find a phone number to cancel them, and they won't let you cancel on their website. I don't even know what you do Which with is those. Outrageous! I mean, it's easy to sign up on their website, I right? Mean, good luck finding a place to sign out. Good lord. Um, okay, that's one place, and maybe call Don for advice on how to get out of them. Uh, here's yeah. another one, though, that I think people overlook, and that's sort of the annual bills, cell phone, utility bills, insurance policies. We ran into somebody yesterday that is two years from retirement and has huge life insurance. I said, well, you know, your kids are launched. The other parties stop paying for the life insurance. That's an easy one. Put a line through that one. Yeah. Um, again, that would be kind of the starting point for me is sort of figure out things you could. And Don said it might be painful, but you got to have you got to start figuring out how to pair that back because that's where the savings is going to come from. Then around the actual savings. Now, we have talked about um Acorns before, which I like because it requires no discipline. It's simply a place where you spend the money and part of that goes into savings. I happen to believe truly that for most people, unless it's automated, most people don't have the discipline to write a check to somewhere to save something. It's just very hard to do. Um, The world is full of messages on how you should spend your money. Very little on messages about how to save it properly. I think an automated, automated, method of doing it. And maybe that's a withdrawal from your bank account, right? That goes into, and I think, by the way, for most people, the Roth IRA, I did look up the, if you're single, your modified gross, if it's less than 150,000, basically you can put money away into a Roth. If it's more than that, then, then you can only do an IRA. But I think it's a Roth IRA. I think it's automated. And then 
you need to invest it in something that we've talked about on the program before, Don. I mean, a general, widely diversified exchange-traded fund, whether that is DFAW, AVGE, and pardon me, I know somebody criticized it. The first one is dimensional funds, exchange-traded fund that's a global equity fund. The second one is Avantis's global equity fund. I think either of those would be great. But unless you really start to figure these things out, the minute you, I'll give you an example, okay? A personal example. This year, Don hasn't congratulated me yet, but I've lost over 15 pounds. Yay for me. But here's you how did? I did it. I did. But here's how I did it. Well, the problem is whenever I see you, I only see you from the shoulders up. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. That's true. You don't see Congra- the, Congratulations. The but here's hey. how I did it. I did it using a diary. I write down every single thing I eat every day. Not every, and I took the day off of the Super Bowl. Okay. I, oh, I for once in a while, like, ah, letting it go. But the thing is, do that with your spending. Yeah, it's a pain in the you know what, only but I'll tell you what. If, only you, if you're disciplined like Tom. You go back and then you look at it and say, did I really need to spend X? Do I really need $25 a week from Starbucks? And wasn't there a book somebody wrote about eliminating Starbucks and you have enough to yeah. retire on or something? Yeah. Uh, but things like that. And then because then if you don't have the discipline, then you can at least have it written down and say, I didn't really need that. I can't, I, you know, no different than me saying, wow, that piece of pizza looks delicious, but it doesn't fit the overall plan. So it in, it gives you the discipline that you may not have. And that's the key, Don. We've talked about this so many times is finding a way th- to say, here's how I'm going to fix it, but then putting something in place that makes the discipline part easy because it's so hard for most of us to, to make those changes that are going to be substantial and really add up over time, right? That's but what if you don't have the discipline to have the discipline to write stuff down. That's a good point. Then you hire somebody else who follows you around, I guess. I don't have the discipline to have the discipline to write stuff. My wife, the other day, gave me this little planner thing. See that little planner? Yeah, that I is went, cute. I, I, what am I going to do with this? It doesn't fit gotta, in my pocket. It's not like I'm going to carry it around with me. But she gave me a planner. I love that. So, yeah, you have to have discipline to pull this stuff no, off. You do. You do. I mean, you mentioned pain. Discipline is in there. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. If you wake up at 50 and you have $40,000 saved, you're not on track to retire really at any level. No. Or, you, or you're going to just say, well, I'll take it as it comes and I'll live on Social Security. And we know people that do. And it's not very comfortable. It's not very good. It's it's it again. It, it just leads to a bad situation later. In and your you life. may intend to keep working as your solution to that problem. That's why I said the 61 or 62 people think they're going to work till 67, but something happens to their job. Something happens to their health. Something comes along that precludes you from continuing that employment. And by the way, I think about that regularly at my age. Like, what <laughs> about too. wake up? One I day find goes, now that, uh, now that I'm having more health issues than I've ever had in my life, old age is not for sissies. No, and I'm a not. sissy. And it, uh, you need to have the, pl- and I mentioned this in the retirement retire meet guide program guide that I have a plan in place. If it all blows up tomorrow, I know what I'm going to do. Is it going to be as good as if I keep working a couple more years? No, but it is. You got to have that plan. So, I mean, and that does bring me to the second part of all of this at age 50. I think you are a prime candidate to talk to somebody. I don't care if you have 40. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. That's second part. Okay. Your financial advisor should be part shrink. Anyway, we know that to keep you invested properly, but that's a time that's a major part of your world from 50 on is working towards, as you very eloquently put it, a place where 
you're no longer going to be able to have a regular paycheck. You need to generate one. You got to talk to a professional. And I mean a real professional, not a stockbroker, not Joe, an insurance got it. agent, yeah. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Joe, Joe a real the... planner. Now, listen, you're going to say, but I don't have the ass. It doesn't matter. Does not. Well, you can find people that will do I it. I got to tell you. You'll find the, people or do it, write a plan either yeah. way, but you got to get one. You really do because you're going to, it's going to be a disaster if you don't. I'll put it that way. So yeah, do that. And by the way, just because I was really curious, because I rem- remember earlier I said, "What is Generation X?" X. Yes, I d- didn't know which one that was. And uh, I have right? the generations. Would you like to know the? Yeah, gen- please. This is, I think through. this is fascinating. I never looked at this. The before. baby boomers go down to about. No, let's start. 65. Let's start. Let's start. Let's start in the late nineteenth century. Oh. We're really the first one they it. named yeah. was the Lost Generation. <laughs> I don't want to be part of that. I know that's anybody <laughs> born between 1883 and 1900, and they're lost now to us. Yeah, I'll well, they're totally way. lost. Okay, yeah, all right. they're all lost. <laughs> Fair enough. Then that was followed by yeah. one you're familiar with, the Greatest Generation, sure, 1901 to 27. Oh, well, that's okay. My parents were born in 25, so okay. So they were just at the end of the Greatest yeah. Generation. Got it. My parents were part of this one. And it seems so appropriate now when I look back. Uh-oh. 1928 to 45, that was the silent generation. You just didn't hear from them much. They really didn't do anything. They didn't accomplish anything. Well, I remember really. the silent majority. I don't remember the silent no, generation. silent generation. All right, fair enough. Their children and the children of the greatest generation sort of combined into this behemoth demographic group to which we belong. Yeah. The baby boomers that deserve blame for everything. Everything, world everything that's the gone climate, wrong. It's all our spending, fault until yeah, yeah. until we're dead, and then you're going to get to blame it on Generation X, which is bo- 1965. What okay, I knew it was to 1980. Okay, okay, yeah. So I don't have any children in X, nor do you. Nope. All of our children. I have a are- wife that's in X, but okay, that's a whole yeah, other that, thing. So. Uh, we're not going there. We're not. <laughs> We're this not isn't that kind of show. There. No. Okay. Uh, then that's followed by the millennials, also known as Generation Y. Yes. Why not? 1981 to 1996. All of my kids are in that. Well, no, not all of them. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is really making me look bad. But yeah. Because okay, yeah. you got a wife in one. I know. This is two bad. kids. You know, kids in another. You're another kid in another. Okay. Fair uh, enough. Then they're the Zoomers. Which I've is never 19- even heard of that one. That's Gen Z. Oh, Gen Z. Sure. 1987 to 2012. Uh-oh. Yeah. I, my and then I guess one. everybody yeah. decided none of those generations worked all that well, so we're going to start all over again. And? And in 2012. It is? Generation Alpha. Wait, Elon Musk na- naming these things or something? That's weird. I, I'm telling you, Generation A. So it's okay. Gen A. That's We're currently in Gen A. We're restarting. Okay. We're All restarting. Right, so okay. really, basically, what we've got alive right now, for the most part, is the silent generation right up until Alpha. Yeah. Got it. That's very helpful. Okay. I, anyway, I just thought that was a fascinating. It I, is. I've no, never I've, actually. I've never heard of the lost generation. I've never heard of anybody. I've never heard that spelled out anywhere. The lost generation. I thought that was people from the 60s or something, you know, like the Vietnam War, no, drugs, no, music, those were rock the, and roll. Those were the stoned boomers. It's, it's like <laughs> in the middle of the boomers, the stoned boomers. Okay. Fair enough. All right. We got time for a couple of questions Wait, here. Wasn't Mr. that a Boomer. lot of us boomers? Yeah, there are. Yeah. I know pretty much all of us boomers. Mm. Well, a couple of kids didn't, but yeah. I can't think of any. 
All right, go ahead. Question. This is from Todd in Seattle, Washington. I'm a longtime fan of yours and a customer of Appella. Uh, when I listen to Dimensional Fund's discussion on how they can improve indexing, it sounds like someone saying they can time the market. Wait for the market oh. to dip before buying. Please explain to me why this is not a contradiction. Thank you. Dimensional. They were okay. What you <sighs> fell down? That I, I did. I, I fell down because this I is that might my, be the last time you fell down. This is another one of my pet peeves: the fact that dimensional and publicly uh, promotes the fact that they're an actively yeah, managed exchange traded fund. I hate that because, again, it's the vocabulary. I don't think the vocabulary of the industry serves us well. If it's just if we're, we're if we're going to be if we're going to bifurcate investing into two things, active and passive, then I think you've done everybody who invests a disservice because you're, you're confusing the, yeah, I agree. the process. I think it's just so confusing for dimensional and, and Avantis to use the terms active. I think they like using it because they don't want to sound like people aren't doing anything. We're, yeah, we're that's not, exactly we're not, right. We're not just sitting around twiddling our than, thumbs. No, we're doing something. Better but than indexing. Not, yeah. But but if you listen to what Dimensional and, and and Avantis say, they're not picking stocks. Nor are they timing markets. This is no. Todd, what Todd heard was we buy things on certain days under certain conditions, which they do. But it's, it's rules a for, based. but it's formulaic. It yeah, is exactly. totally it is not Systematic. there is no there is no looking at a squiggly line and going, eh, I think that squiggly line yep. is gonna bounce back up there. But you're you right, know, it's a fine point. It's very gray. It it's is very a fine hard point. to understand. I agree. So it's and uh, we're going to be meeting with uh, the folks from Dimensional here in a few days, and I'm going to ask them. I am too, because I think it's legit. That how do we explain this to you? Yep. How do we tell yep. people? As a this? matter of fact, do we have a Q and A time at a, at retirement? We do. Oh God, I'm sorry. This plays on Monday, so it's after. Never mind. Um. So let's take out. We're going to ask. We're going to yep. ask Capella. Let's just take all that out. Yeah, it's 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 just a, a very confusing situation, and I understand why the correspondent would ask that question because it frustrates me. And and I I wish we could get a better terminology. Maybe it's time for me to write the new investing dictionary. Ooh, uh, the, that that we'll stand by for that. that. I'm always happy to read whatever you've written. It's good stuff. So actually, anyway. that is not such a bad idea. The new investing dictionary. Because the terminology we use changed. It, well, it's not only has it has it changed, but it's been misused. I agree, and for purposes of uh, <laughs> wouldn't surprise you for profitability, people are trying yeah. to make a buck. Oh yeah. So absolutely. there is a difference between market timing and what dimensional does. It is a fine point. I'll agree with you there, Todd. No question. Uh, this comes from David in Kenmore, Washington. Ah, two questions from the Seattle area. You he says, get more with a Kenmore because <laughs> a Kenmore's got so much more to give. Speaking of those baby boomer ads, I <laughs> says, hi, I would like to start building up a position in a dividend ETF or dividend mutual fund to create a monthly or quarterly cash flow investment. I have a Vanguard account and would like to know which funds you would recommend. It would be a long-term position that would be intended to create cash flow. Didn't we just cover this? I believe we did. Well, I guess we're going to have to cover it again. These days, dividends are not what they used to be. 
Dividend stocks, high enough paying dividend stocks are in the minority. Investors don't expect dividends. So therefore, generally speaking, when you get a high dividend paying stock, you're getting a troubled company, a value stock or something like a utility, something that that, that, you're leaving growth on the table. And the numbers, the data shows that you're bet you would have been better off investing in a well-diversified portfolio of stocks, whether they pay big dividends or no dividends, and then building a bond portfolio for stability and a little income, but you're not buying bonds for the income, and then taking a certain amount, a stated amount of money, a predetermined amount percentage of your portfolio out as income every year. We believe that is a much better strategy for creating income and probably more consistent and, at least according to the numbers we've looked at, incredibly less volatile. I was just getting to that. So, I mean, here's a couple things to keep in mind. When you really just try to focus on dividend-paying stocks, and we've done this recently, as you said, you reduce your diversification by somewhere around half. You, You own half as many, basically, or far more than that, because if you buy a company, a fund that's really trying to pick those dividend stocks, you reduce your diversification. Number two, and this won't surprise you, Don just mentioned it, your volatility has gone up. You're, 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 you're dealing with greater swings in your portfolio, which most people don't want. They want more stability. They want just wake up every morning and see a little bit more money in my account. Wouldn't that be nice? So uh, no, this would not be a strategy we'd recommend. And the, what Don just mentioned is something that I talked about at Retirement recently, and that is a total return strategy. Instead, build the right portfolio, rebalance that right portfolio, take the dividends, whatever is paid out, take the interest, that all goes into the pot, then create the income from that. That has been a more sustainable strategy for a very long period of time, especially in retirement. Plus, that strategy also lends itself to a couple of very important things that we believe you must do to your portfolio regularly, and that is both rebalance and tax loss sell, so that you can use these opportunities when you're taking out income to sell some of your losers, possibly, and take a loss that you need to offset some gains or some income to rebalance the portfolio. You may have way too much in stocks, way too little in bonds. So instead of taking the money out of the stocks and putting it in the bonds, you take the money out of the stocks and spend it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And 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 so that strategy, as I said, has been uh, proven over the long haul. It has been more sustainable. And uh, again, we would not recommend you run out and try to buy any dividend, high dividend paying ETF especially. Nope. That would be bad Avoid. news. Uh, you're not, you should not be investing for the income. You should be investing for the total return of the portfolio combined with the degree of safety. And, and, and safety or risk, the obverse, is, the, um, is one of those words that I need to define. Because risk, we, we generally think of risk as losing everything. That's not the way risk works with proper investing. Risk now changes from losing it to just watching it bounce around. It's a different path. It's a different process. It needs a different word. Ah, I was just going to say, this. that's in your dictionary there because that's another I one know. that people misunderstand. 
Again, I actually risk. see yeah. the format of the dictionary in my I head. It's it. like a flow chart. So you start at the top of the page with investing, and then you bring it down into bing, all the bang, things boom. it 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 is assumed to be and is not, and then yeah. we narrow that down to the one thing it is that most people don't realize it is. They they and or they don't do it properly, and that brings me to another point here, and that is what's in your portfolio. Most people don't Which know. Is a capital One ad? No, most people don't know, but they don't. They come in all the time. We look at the, like, did you know that a third of your money was in cash? Did you know a third of it was in seven stocks? I mean, most people don't know. And we have this wonderful service where you get to meet with one of our advisors absolutely free. We run the portfolio for you. Then you know how much in stocks, how much in bonds, how much you're paying, how much risk, all those things. It's a wonderful report. Is it? And it's You've got to, as anyone who's investing in markets should always know. In fact, I just pulled mine up yesterday after the recent debacle, just to look at and see what my ratios were. It was a debacle? There was a one-day debacle. And uh, so, I mean, this is something you got to know. It's easy to do. You simply go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on Meet an Advisor, and guess what? We do it free with no sales pitch, no obligation. No one will call. No one will come to your door. But we do we have care. a bu- do we have a budget that maybe we could use to to hire Jennifer Garner just to pop up on the screen and go? <laughs> so what's in your portfolio? I wonder what that that would that's spendy. That's just okay. j- yeah. just not at no broadcast, just on the web. I it's got to be a lower rate. I know when right. I do voice work for the web, it's at a much lower rate than for broadcast. I'll let you look into that when you let me know. All right, I'll call Jen. She, we go way back. I guess you do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, take advantage of that because. There's no time like the present as to knowing how your portfolio is properly positioned. If it is, there's no time like the present to figure out if your portfolio is diversified. On that note, we're going to put this one to bed. That's it. I'm Don. That's Tom. Together, we're talking real money. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast were current on the date recorded. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice, including any forward-looking estimates or statements which are based on certain expectations and assumptions. Although information and opinions given have been obtained from or based on sources believed to be reliable, no warranty or representation is made as to their correctness, completeness, or accuracy. Information presented on the podcast is not personalized investment advice from Appella Wealth. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for everyone. This podcast does not identify all the risks, direct or indirect, or other considerations which might be material to you when entering any financial transaction. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and profitable results cannot be guaranteed. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. The podcast is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Wealth, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Please see Appella Wealth's ADV Part 2A on our website for information regarding Appella's fees and services. Appella Capital, LLC, DBA Appella Wealth, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The firm only transacts business in the states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration with the SEC or any state securities authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Appella does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing either stated or implied here should be inferred as providing such advice. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and important disclosure related to performance of any specific index or fund quoted in this podcast. I think I need a nap.